Welcome to Living Word Bible Church, a lovely place for families where we have a passion to sing great songs to Jesus and where sound Bible teaching is central in home groups. Those who are listening outside of this area here, welcome to Living Word Bible Church. This is Easter Sunday and today's reading comes from John chapter 20 and this is an eyewitness report. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and he believed. They still don't understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seating where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the feet. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and to your father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that she had these things said to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, 
called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Good reading, Peter. Bless you, mate. Great. And he mentioned the passage that Katie quoted earlier. Thanks, Katie, again for that. Okay. So we're looking at that passage, but more widely. Okay. Is the technology working this time? Yeah, it is. Is it following me? Okay. So I want, to look, I want us to pick up the theme of Good Friday. We're looking at the women of the passion. If you missed that, you can get a copy of it online still. And so we're going to look at Mary. We'll look at the six of the women who are named to have been at the Passion. And we said there were many, many more. Okay, but the Bible names these six heroines. We're going to zoom in today and look at one of those, the chief, the leader of the group, if you like, Mary Magdalene. That's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to do three things. The second thing we're going to do, have you ever noticed that the four gospel accounts seem of the resurrection seem to contradict themselves? Have you ever noticed that? Read carefully. Put them side by side. Get four Bibles. Okay? And there seems to be some clear and apparent contradictions. You know, you know did, was Mary alone or was she with the group? He says she was with the group, then, then she's alone. How can she be alone if the group are there? And there's all sorts of questions. Well, for one time only, we're going to look at the contradictions and show you how they're, they're, not, they're not contradictions. They are a three-dimensional eyewitness perspective, different people's views on the same event and how it all fits together beautifully, absolutely beautifully. There is no contradiction. There's no reason for you to doubt your faith in the words of Scripture. And then we're going to finish off. I'm telling you the sermon now in case you don't want to listen to it. Okay? And we're going to finish off in homing in on Mary. Okay? and looking expositionally at the passage Peter read for us and seeing her personal encounter with Jesus. That's where we're going. Six o'clock tonight? Yeah, yeah, okay. So let me begin, let me begin. So fair, let's look at Mary Magdalene. Okay, look, there aren't many common names in the world. Montez is a common name. You hear it everywhere you go. Okay? Mary was a very common name of the time. And so, and if you read the Bible, the New Testament, you notice there's loads of Marys. Mary, and, and so, because of so many Marys, you had to distinguish them. Mary is distinguished not by her surname, 
But boy, where she's from. Magdala. We'll tell you a bit about that later. Okay. Mary's mentioned 12 times from Paxia here. She's mentioned 12 times in the Gospels. It's more than most of the apostles. And definitely the most significant of all the women except for Mary. Her, she's spoken of in all four Gospels as at being at the tomb at Jesus' death. Mark and Matthew even tell us that she watched the burial. She followed them to the tomb to make sure that she knew exactly where Jesus had been put. She's present at the empty tomb on Easter morning, and we're going to look at that shortly. She was the first to see the resurrected Jesus. That's the heart of our message. We're going to get there slowly. Okay, uh, She's known as the first apostle because she was sent by Jesus to speak for him. We're going to look at that a bit later. And as we said earlier, she's from Magdala, or Magdala, most probably. I think I've got a picture of you there. Uh, it's, 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 this is ancient Magdala. So it's a fishing town there in Israel. That's a geography. This is what we know about her. Her name's mentioned lots, but there's not a lot said about the detail. And, and so some of this is history, some of this is biblical. And so here's what Luke says about it. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The twelve were with him. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. So several women are exorcised. Okay? Not exorcised. I know that's a typical female thing. They were exorcised, okay? Okay, a distinct difference. Okay, so there were several of these women, but Mary's holding here. Notice, Mary called Magdalene, okay? From whom seven demons, whether it was seven or just it's a, meaning many, many demons were cast from them. Jonah, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna and others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. So here's what we know about Mary. She's, she was demon-possessed. Jesus miraculously delivers her. It's incredible. She becomes one of his followers, a disciple. I know we relate that to men. It's not a male-orientated uh, designate, okay? She is a disciple of Jesus, and she's supporting his ministry. She's traveling with him. She's supporting him. She's supporting him financially. She's either a very wealthy woman, or she's very... What's the alternative? Begins with a G. Very generous. Both, no doubt. Okay, so she's supporting Jesus' ministry then. Whenever Mary appears in, in a list, she's always the first. And if you know anything about the Bible, first is important. Christ is the firstborn. First is important. Adam, the first son of God. So she always appears first, and so we soon realize, and we miss this, I'm sure. I missed it until I began to do this over the Easter weekend, uh, is that she is the leading disciple of all the women disciples of Jesus. She is, she is the Peter of the female disciples, the key person amongst women. She has incredible significance. She seems to be incredibly influential. She's no doubt leading the women uh, who were left. I mean, it's, it's true, and this is it's bizarre. I don't, you know, she's not spoken of a lot beyond the Gospels. 
And the only explanation I can think of is not that she lost her significance. No, she's undoubtedly the leading women disciple. Is Remember, this is a male-dominated society, and, and the gospel is generally focused on men, written by men, generally looking at men. And it seems, as some, in some sense, that they were overlooked. And so she doesn't get the ink she deserves, but she is a heroine of the faith. And if there's one name we should think of when we're thinking of courageous faith, it should be Mary Magdalene. You know, we know the phrase when we dare to be a Daniel. Well, here's what I've made up. Be as audacious as Magdalene. Seriously, teach your kids that. Catherine, we want that in junior church. We want to be hearing about these women of the faith and particularly the leading disciple of Jesus, Mary Magdalene. So that's a bit of background, some history, something biblical. Number two, number two. We're going to look at these contradictions now. Now here, I, I, want, to, I want to attribute uh, some of my research to answers in Genesis, the creation movement, uh, and some of my, uh, my pictures, you're going to see all the maps I'm going to show you now, are from their website. It's brilliant how it's laid out there. So I want to give you six elements of the resurrection and show you how there's not a contradiction, but there's beautiful harmony. Number one, Mary Magdalene and the other women travel to the tomb. Now we imagine, don't we, they ran the corner. They were almost certainly in Bethany. That's where they've gathered, well away from Jerusalem, well away from danger. They have at least two miles in English, okay? You know, people over overseas, okay? 3.2K. Here you go. I'm knowing Aussie, aren't I? 3.2K. They travel a long distance to get to the tomb. Mary is no doubt leading them. Okay, we're going to look at the, the number shortly. They travel, and this is some of the contradictions. Some, some by, uh, gospels say it was dark. Others say the sun had risen. So the obvious answer is, yes, it was dark when they left. I mean, how long does it take to travel 3.2K? You know, it's not that quick, is it? So they probably left around 5 a.m. It's about an hour's journey. By the time they, they arrived... The sun had risen. And so instantly you see something of those contradictions gone. John 20, they left walls was dark. Mark 16, they arrived just after sunrise. Mary's leading, we know at least five people. This is a big group. Okay, you weren't going to jump these ladies, okay? Especially Mary Magdalene. Right? I'm sure she had muscles. Right, okay, so, but there's at least five of them. So we know there's Mary Magdalene. There's the other Mary, and it, if you look through the gospel, you work out she's the mother of James and Josie. There's Mary, the mother of James and John, the Zebedee kids. There's Salome, Joanna. That's five by name. And Luke tells us there were numerous others. So this is a bandwagon of at least up to 10 women, a group of women who travel together through the dark, arrive at daylight at the tomb, which and they knew where it was because Mary had already scouted it out. So that's number one. Number two, needing Jesus' tomb now, the women notice that the stone is rolled away. So they're approaching, possibly around 10 women, they notice the stone is rolled away. Now Matthew tells us there, and, and it's not chronological, but at that point it tells us 
there was an earthquake and an angel came down. That's not chronology. He's, he's in, in inserting background information. We did that, don't we, with the comma. So the women arrive, and then Matthew says, but before they arrived, effectively, there was an earthquake. Okay? There, there, there was an angel. The stone had been rolled away. And so they're confronted with this scene where it seems like there's been some kind of, some kind of vandalism. And so immediately, and this is where the contradictions seem more apparent. And so immediately, here's how we get over it. John 20, this is what John 20 says. Early the first morning they arrived, okay, early the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. That's not to say she went alone. What is the gospel writer doing? He's, He's only interested in Mary. I'm only interested in you, Okay? He's only interested in Mary. His focus, is, his concern is Mary went there. But here's what, here's what occurred in how we reconcile it. So the group of ten probably arrive. They see the ter- what's happened, desecration. Mary then does what? She most probably says, you guys find out what's happened. I'm going to tell Peter and John. Mark 16, when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been, uh, was very large, had been rolled away, and they, as, as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, white robe, sitting at his right, and, where, where, and they were alarmed. Okay, So Mary has gone off by herself. This is how we get Mary alone. So remember, the disciples are all, most of them at least, all the way over in Bethany. But here's something that we do know is that which of the two disciples was separated from the group? Peter and John. We know they were separated. Because we said this on Friday, the rest of them left, okay? But Peter and John continued with Jesus, okay? So, so Mary is going to tell them, and they're in a separate location, almost certainly and most probably in the city. So this is a fairly short distance they're moving. Can you see the map there? So they arrive together. She leaves the band at, at the, the tomb. They're, they're the ones that are going initially, see the angel. She scarpers for Peter's house 10 minutes, 20 minutes. This is within the city, maybe a little longer. So, so, we, so the group is now separated. Number three, the other women return to Bethany Stopping first in the city to report what had been what they had seen to Clopas, Jesus' uncle, as well as to the other followers of Jesus. And so this is Luke 24. In addition, and they're saying, look, uh, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find the body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. So can you see what's happening? Mary is now with Peter and John because they were separated. They're the ones that are separate from the rest of the group. While she's doing that, the rest of the group are in the tomb. They encounter the angel. They encounter the empty, empty tomb. They leave back to Bethany to tell the disciples, okay, the group in Bethany, they got the hour-long journey. But on the way, they stop at Jerusalem to tell. And what do you think they stop at Jerusalem? First to tell Clopas. Oh, you may have missed it. His wife is in the group. And so it seems the most natural thing here. 
on the way back to Bethany, they stop in the city. They tell, Luke tells us, they tell Clopas and some of the others there. And then they continue back to Bethany to tell the disciples. You may you always work up to really re- listen to this if, if, I'm, if it's getting a bit complicated. Number four. Okay. Mary Magdalene returns to Jesus' tomb with Peter and John. Number four, please. Thank you. And so the women stopped in the city on the way. Then they continued to Bethany. Okay. By this time, Mary has recruited Peter and John, who she found. We're told they're there alone. Peter read in John. And they head to the, t- to the tomb. Peter, uh, who runned? John, they both run. John gets there first. Okay. He's too scared to go in. Peter arrives. We can imagine Mary would have come more dignified. And here's a, here's a text. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. That's why there's only two of them. They're by themselves. They're the two, only two who remain with Jesus to, towards the end. So they travel the shorter distance and get to the tomb. Okay. By this time, there's nobody at the tomb. The women have gone. Okay. The, even the angel isn't there. John won't go in. Peter arrives. He rushes in, followed by Mary. Number f- point number five next. Peter and John return to the house after seeing the empty tomb, but Mary stayed back alone. So there's the three of them there. There's nobody else there. There's no angels. There's no Jesus. Peter and John, having worked out that Jesus has risen from the dead. Now, at this point, he's, we're told they go back to the house. At some point, they party. At some point, they party. And it seems quite obvious. They've worked out Jesus probably has come back to life. Who's excited and who's concerned? Of the two. Who's excited by the news? Who's not so excited by the news of the two? John's excited. Peter? Peter. This is bad. (laughs) Because if Jesus is alive, he's got to have to face the music. What would Jesus think of him? And no doubt, sometimes in that day, Peter and John part company. I can imagine Peter, can't you? John's all excited. Peter's like, goodness sake, what am I? If he's alive, he's God. If he's alive, he is really God. What have I done? How am I going to face him? He's probably wandering around somewhere, isn't he? Beating himself up. Jesus finds him. I'll come to that in a minute. So Peter and John returned to the house, okay? Then the disciples went back to the homes, but Mary stayed by herself. Now she's completely alone. That's how she's alone. The others have gone. She's there all by herself. Okay, Peter and John have gone. Boy, it's an eerie place for a woman to... That's why, say, that's why I say she's courageous. I mean, you don't know what's happened here, do you? There could be vandals around. I remember when my house... Uh, uh, somebody was... When we rented our house out back in Wales once, and then I had to rush to the house because someone was growing marijuana in our house. We got there, you know, had to break into the house, discover marijuana. Were you involved? And Okay, and and, you know... We were laughing and joking, but I went upstairs, right, because I was with my friends, but then I went upstairs and I saw somebody's head. I realized the guy who has been growing the marijuana was sitting upstairs all the time we were breaking in and discovering the marijuana. Obviously high. Okay? But boy, did I run. Mary, you think, would, would be stupid to be here. This is a brave woman. So she stays back. 
Okay, crying at the tomb. And now begin five appearances of Jesus on the first Easter. There may, there may be more. I think there was at least six, and I'll tell you why in a second. But now come five appearances of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus on the first Easter day. Who is the first one? You do the maths. We all know the first one. It's Mary Magdalene. Just briefly, John 20, 14, okay? At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but didn't realize it was Jesus. Mary becomes the first person to see the Lord. We'll come back to that at the end. The second appearance of Jesus, Jesus appears to the other women. This is how, again, we reconcile these accounts. When he says the women saw Jesus, but then you're thinking if the women saw Jesus, uh, how can Mary have seen him being the first if she was with him? She wasn't with them. So the women, whilst Mary was with Peter and John, the other women, if you remember, first went to Clopas' house in the city, and then were heading towards Bethany by themselves. It's at this juncture, after that scene, Clopas, that Jesus, verse 9, Matthew 28, uh, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the other disciples, Clopas, they did that, but now they're heading to Bethany, okay, to tell the other disciples there, the eight possibly are there. Verse 9, suddenly Jesus met them, greetings. And so they have an encounter with Jesus. We know it was before they saw Clopas, after rather, because, because they say, we're going to look at it in a minute, the women told us they saw a vision. So they had no idea they seen the risen Jesus. So this happened after the women encounter the men in the city, they're on the way home, and Jesus appears to them, his second appearance. Number six. So the women arrive back in Bethany. They share the report with the eight, and the disciples, and the women most likely too. Again, the focus is on the men in, in the text, but the women most likely would have done so. They travel across to Peter and John, and we're going to catch up with them in a minute. So they tell the, the group back in Bethany, they make their way now to Jerusalem to find Peter and John to tell them what the ladies have just seen, obviously. Okay, so now we have the third appearance of Jesus. Jesus appears. Remember, the women tell Clopas in Jerusalem that, that something's happened at the tomb. Well, these two are on the Emmaus Road now. You know, Luke 24. There's Clopas and there's another guy, okay? He's unnamed. And Jesus appears to them, Luke 24. As they walked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus came up and walked with them stealthily. Jesus' third appearance. Jesus' fourth appearance is for Peter. So by now, Peter... Uh, is a, away from John. He's probably trying to work this thing out in his mind. He's somewhere alone. And look, this is what Luke 24 tells us. Okay, they found the, uh, uh, They got up and returned once to Jerusalem when, once they realized it was Jesus. They, there they found the 11 and those with them assembled together. So they're all together now in, in, in the city and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. So by now, Okay, Simon had left John's company. He was by himself, and Jesus came to him. And you can imagine what occurred, can't you? Hey, Peter, what are you doing over there? Hey, it's okay, mate. It's okay. And Jesus has this private moment 
with the Lord all by himself. And you can imagine it's Jesus just reassuring him. What about faith, about sin? What do you think he was reassuring him about sin? It's paid for, Peter. I paid for this, Peter. I died for your three denials, Peter. It's okay. It's okay, mate. Now you're back on the squad. I don't hold grudges, mate. And no sin of yours can ever rob you of my purposes for your life. You're back in the squad, mate. Get your gear on. Because you're leading the church. You get back on your feet, soldier. I can imagine it was the most amazing, amazing encounter that Peter has with Jesus. That's the fourth one. And the fifth appearance is the one that Peter read for us. That all together now in Jerusalem, that departed Bethany, that in the house that John, Peter and John were, Peter and John are there. The women most likely are there, although they don't get a mention. The only one who's not there is Thomas, for whatever reason. Probably doing some shopping. Who knows? Okay, and then John 20, 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came through the walls and stood among them. Peace be with you. What a day. That's what happened on the first Easter. That's how you put all the different accounts together. That's how they're reconciled. There's at least five visitations of Jesus. And this is such an incredible thing that these people have seen individually and in groups. Remember, the women saw it. They saw the bruises. They saw the fact that you couldn't recognize him. They saw his limp body. Mary watched him be buried. Even if he was alive, the, the tomb would have killed him in those four days, three days. And here he is standing alive. It's, it's not surprising, is it, why these weakling of a men who were hiding and fearing and running for their lives end up becoming the most phenomenal, energized men of, of their time and transform the world. It's not surprising, is it? This is the greatest miracle that I ever witnessed. It's incredible. I said it's incredible how, how Jesus had already had a private, okay, Peter, a private viewing of himself. So he could ask all the questions and get himself straight. Now, Mary isn't mentioned. Which Mary isn't mentioned in, in the resurrection story so far? The lady who gave birth to him. She didn't go. She didn't go to the tomb. Why do you think she didn't go? I'm Camilla. She could have been one of the crowd. One can think she didn't go. Why would she not go to the tomb? Pardon? Yeah. No one felt this like Mary. Mothers. Who's the most hurt in all the, this scene? It's, it's, the, it's Mary. There's no way Mary could go to the tomb and see the corpse. Of her son, beaten beyond recognition. Mary couldn't do that. I don't, think, I don't think she went. And it's not mentioned again because the gospel narratives are male focused. 
But who can doubt here that Jesus had a private visitation with Mary that day? And reassured her that it's okay. Showed him what was disfigured. It's now been put back together. Oh, but the, the, the holes are the only thing left. Uh, Jesus is no longer disfigured. Just the holes, the three holes, uh, the four, the legs and arms on the side, uh, as, as evidence, if you like. But he's now put back together. And without doubt, Mary was the sixth visitation that Jesus made that day. And to say to her mother, I am who I said I am. Who the angel said who I was. If you need a proof, mom, look at me now. And well, what a scene that would have been. We're not given that scene, but we are given the one of Mary. And that's what I want to go for. Just five minutes as I try to close now. To Mary. Point three. Mary Magdalene sees the Lord. Verse 11, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over, bent over and took uh, and looked into the tomb and saw the two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. So she was too afraid to go in. Naturally, who would? You know, these are dark places, but there's enough light for her to see the angels. This must have been a shock, mustn't it? Peter and John have already gone. She stayed, and this is what they say, woman, why are you crying? She's assuming that men, this tells us something about angels. You know, when we uh, think of angels, we always think of, don't we, uh, you know, these glowing, these glowing, glowing characters and, you know, you know and however they look, who knows, you know. Uh, but look, they look like people sometimes, ordinary people, no glow. So she just thought they were just guys. That's a woman, why are you crying? And notice the emphasis on, 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 her, on the crying here that, that John records. Okay? Her love, her great love for Jesus has been expressed in this great grief. Her love for the Lord, it's, it's a beautiful thing. In fact, this is it's heartbreaking, isn't it? This scene is heartbreaking. And so Jesus, who no doubt was, a, was there, uh, but not, you know, but not revealing himself, finally makes himself be seen. It seems that Jesus is able to switch his body on and off, make his body go through walls, you know, at will. And so he, he now reveals himself. Verse 14, at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. Okay, so either Jesus has come and she's felt a presence. You know, sometimes you just see there's something behind you. Maybe some light. Maybe the angels are frozen. And so she senses or knows and looks around and Jesus is there. But, but what can't she do? Who? What doesn't she realize? She, don't know, she doesn't know it's him. And remember, we've already said, without doubt, Jesus isn't beaten black and blue now. He's, he's resurrected, okay? And this tells you, and it's good news for you, Jerry, and it's good news for him, Jerry. Okay, you, you look better after the resurrection. You, you don't look the same. Okay, you become un unrecognizable, more handsome, Lorraine, even more so than he is now. I know he's pretty handsome now, you'd think, or he used to be 45 years ago. Okay, so the resurrection changes you, you get a better face. 
you look different. And that seems to be the case. Whenever the disciples saw the resurrected Jesus, if you remember, nobody recognized him. So they couldn't have all been crying and couldn't see through the tears. That's a ridiculous explanation. Okay. No. Jesus looked different. That's what's going on here. Verse 15. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is looking for you? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you've carried them away, tell me where you put him and I'll get him. And so, look, this is Joseph of Aramea's tomb, Arimathea. Okay, so she's assuming this guy must be one of the servants who kind of tends to the garden. Maybe he moved him. Makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, maybe he moved him so that he could tidy the place up and then put Jesus back. And you can see why she questions him like this. She doesn't know it's Jesus, but, uh, but she questions him. And notice the character of Jesus, the character of the resurrected Jesus. It's not just the fact he's resurrected physically, he's alive, but he's a loving, affectionate, caring Jesus. So Mary just wants to care for his corpse, assuming this gardener knows where it is. Verse 16, she said, Jesus said to him, oh, this is the key part, Jesus said to her, Mary. He just says her name. He looked nothing like himself. She had no idea it was Jesus. Not even his voice, it seems, that it was Jesus. But there's only one person in the world who could say Mary's name in that particular way. Mary. Only Jesus ever spoke her name like that such love expressed in those words and Mary responds naturally Rabboni is what she called the Lord his teacher is is what they all typically called him verse 17 tells us uh, that what happened thereafter Jesus says do not hold on to me for I have not yet returned to my father he's not saying so much you know don't come near me don't touch me she's already touching him this is in, in, in present continuous tense. What he's rather saying is, Mary, you can let go now. Stop now. She's either, either just feeling him, you know, making sure he's, he's there, or what most probably she's doing, considering you know, the respect she had as a teacher. She's probably not just touching him. What's she, what is she doing? She's hanging on his feet. Yes. And so I think what Jesus is saying is, is Mary, look, I'm real. It's okay. I am real. You know, you, you can let go now. You know, I, when he says I haven't ascended to the Father yet, I think he's trying to say, look, I, I'm not completely spiritual. I'm still physical. The resurrected body is physical as well as spiritual. And Jesus just seems to be saying, it's okay, Mary, I really am here. You can let go now. It is me. I'm not a ghost. You're not hallucinating. I am And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. She's the first apostle because Jesus said to her, doesn't he? Go and tell them. And she goes. She's the sent one. That's what the word apostolos means, sent one. And that's why she's regarded in the early church as the apostle of Jesus, the first apostle of Jesus, the very first to spread the gospel. And so Mary sees the Lord. Jesus gives the greatest honor, not to Peter, 
not even to his mother that we don't, he, do, he doesn't see him. But to Mary Magdalene, the dear woman, the privilege of being the very first to see the risen Jesus. What an honor. What place does Jesus uh, have for women? Where does he expect them to be? What's the, what's the trajectory that he's pushing them towards? That women needed to and should be, and, and increasingly are in our world, uh, equal with men, yes, prominent in the work of God, test, testifiers of his word, proclaimers of his word, witnesses of Jesus, equal. Members of society with equal dignity and value and worth. No, no religious leader of history does more for women than Jesus. Of all the people on the planet, it was to Mary that Jesus first appears. Amen. Thank you. If you've watched online, you're welcome to watch again. We will give you an invite to Living Word Bible Church here at Mudbury Special School in Hope Valley, Adelaide. We meet at 10 a.m. every Sunday. Perhaps we'll see you next Sunday. Living Word Bible Church. Teaching the Bible verse by verse.